Greetings, freedom fighters, freedom lovers, and those who just want stuff for free. I'm Mr. Palumbo, and welcome to the Professor Liberty Podcast. Here at Professor Liberty, we strive to educate minds instead of eradicating opposing voices. We attempt to listen instead of lecture. And most importantly, we wish to learn from the past instead of repeating it. Speaking of eradicating opposing voices, does anyone else find ironic that those youngsters out there fighting evil fascism of Republicans and conservatives use the same tactics as, well, fascists? Intimidation, destruction of property, drowning out opposing views, using the law to punish people you disagree with? That's all from the fascist playbook, folks. You can't claim you're raging against the machine while you're helping that machine stifle freedom. You can't use fascism to fight fascism. But anyway, such is where my mind goes. That's not what we're talking about today. Happy Monday, folks. Today we're diving into some philosophy and we're going full philosophical today. If there were a dial that you could turn to the max setting, you know, like the opening scene of Back to the Future where Michael J. Fox turns on the giant amp and he puts all the dials and switches to the maximum setting. Well, that's us today, but with philosophy. Hopefully, though, we don't get blown across the room because it's so intense. However, the facts, ideas, if they are so profound and they do actually blow you across the room, please email me, take a video of it, message me on Facebook, and tell me all about it because I would really like to see that. Uh... Uh, Mr. Palumbo, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Palumbo, uh, I thought this was a social studies podcast, Mr. Palumbo. What's with all these motivational episodes and, uh, you know, all these episodes that, you know, have nothing to do with social studies? <sighs> you know, there's always one student out there, folks. Look, yes, this is a history, economics, and civics-focused show, but truly what we're about is education. Remember, the motto is educate inspire, and restore. You can't have real education without addressing the big questions, ladies and gentlemen, and that's what philosophy tries to do. The word philosophy comes from two Greek words, philo meaning love and sophia meaning wisdom. So the pursuit of philosophy is the pursuit of finding, knowing, and loving wisdom or knowledge. So today's episode is called The Rising Tide of Nihilism. What's nihilism? Well, since we broke the word philosophy down, let's break down nihilism. Anytime you see the suffix ism, it means belief in. So capitalism is a belief in an economy based on capital. Racism means you focus on race. You believe that race has some kind of important thing. Feudalism is a belief in the feudal system. So you get the idea. And then you've got this word nihil, or nihil, and I'm not a Latin major, but that's the Latin, and it means nothing. Maybe you've heard someone say nil when describing how much of something there is. They might say, oh, we've got nil, nada, nothing. So nihilism is the belief in nothing. A nihilist is someone who believes there is nothing in existence worth pursuing. There is nothing in life that is valuable. All communication or knowing the truth is pointless. In other words, the truth is unknowable and life has no real meaning. Doesn't that sound wonderful, boys and girls? 
Well, let's not fully discredit it outright. You'd be surprised to know that nihilism is becoming more and more popular today. Today, in the 21st century, humans are enjoying technological advances unlike anyone has ever seen or experienced. We're living longer. We have more people out of extreme poverty than any point in human existence, and we have seemingly endless information at our fingertips. Medicine is keeping once deadly viruses and diseases at bay. In regards to society and culture, we are the most accepting society ever. Pretty much anything you want to do is allowed. Drugs, lifestyle choices, jobs, beliefs, almost nothing is looked down upon today, maybe outside of murder. If you want to identify as a different race, gender, species, no one is going to cast you out of the community. People can have multiple wives, multiple husbands, multiple partners, multiple marriages, no big deal. Everyone is allowed to do whatever they want to do. Whatever makes you happy, go do that is the motto of the day. That sounds great, right? No more judging. No more people pushing their beliefs on you. No more stupid religion forcing you to do make-believe stuff. You think we would be in utopia, the promised land. The time when man, I'm sorry, the time when people made it to enlightenment. But here's what doesn't make sense. While people are casting off all these traditional lifestyles, ideas, and values, as they're breaking off the chains of religion and and tradition and oppressive patriarchy, right? We're more miserable than ever. Suicides are up 33% from 1999 to 2007 in the United States, and that rate continues to go up. As of 2016, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. Suicide is the third, that's three, third leading cause of death among 10 to 14-year-olds. I could not believe that. Did you know anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting 40 million adults from the age 18 and older, 18.1% of the population. It's estimated that 16.2 million adults in the United States, or 6.7% of American adults, had at least one major depressive episode in a given year. So what's going on here? This is serious stuff, folks. Why is it that in our modern world where you can do whatever, and I mean whatever you want outside of murder and rape, why are we so miserable? We have money, we have education, we have a million ways to find pleasure. We, you know, why are we so mentally depressed? Why are we so anxious? And why are we killing ourselves at greater and greater rates? In my honest and humble opinion, I believe it's because we've bought into this nihilistic worldview. From a very early age, we tell our kids that we're cosmic accidents. We tell them that there's no real right from wrong. And the world is essentially a product of random molecules slamming together in a just right combination as to bring about what we see, feel, and touch today. We tell young people and ourselves that every activity that brings pleasure must be a good thing. We make excuses for our mistakes and we don't take responsibility for anything, which in essence is nihilistic because it doesn't really matter. 
Remember, all is meaningless. Why stand up for virtue when it doesn't really exist? We can see that the toppling of statues, not just the Confederate ones, it's all about erasing everything our ancestors deemed valuable because to the nihilists, those are meaningless. Those are, those are made-up values from the past. And nihilism is all about destruction. It's all about destruction. And eventually it's either destruction of yourself or your family or your community. So in our nihilism today, we are in the process, I believe, of throwing off the past so we can gain a real independence. In other words, folks, we're burning down the created order for freedom. Freedom to do what we want, when we want, and with whomever we want. And after the smoke settles and we've indulged our darkest desires, we wake up the next day empty. Reading from the Encyclopedia of Philosophy, it states, Nihilism is the belief that all values are baseless and that nothing can be known or communicated. It is often associated with extreme pessimism and radical skepticism, that condemns existence. A true nihilist would never believe in anything, would have no loyalties or no purpose other than perhaps an impulse to destroy. While few philosophers would claim to be nihilist, nihilism is most often associated with Friedrich Nietzsche, who argued that its corrosive effects would eventually destroy all moral, religious, and metaphysical convictions and perpetuate the greatest crisis in human history. That sounds pretty nihilistic to me. So Nietzsche divided nihilism into two camps. You're either an active nihilist or a passive nihilist. These distinctions are pretty self-explanatory. Basically, if you're an active nihilist, you're purposely rejecting and you're very vocal about your rejection of all tradition and value. While passive nihilists accept the created order but reject them in thought. So basically, a passive nihilist just goes through the motions, but they don't really believe in anything. You know, I'm reading, for those of you who follow the Facebook page, you guys know I'm reading that book, The Devil and Karl Marx by Paul Kinger. I'd say that Karl Marx is clearly an active nihilist. He was an avowed atheist who wanted everything in the created order to be destroyed. However, I must say, I think we're practicing today both active and passive nihilism. Um, speaking of, about Gen Z, those who were born between 1997 and 2015, and their embracing of nihilism, Jermel McLeod writes, Physically, Generation Z seeks to fulfill itself through the plethora of temporal highs, such as smoking, drinking, fornicating, and mindless media consumption. All of these activities come with an inherent and obvious, yet temporary, pleasure. However, once the source of the high is gone, the angst and the emptiness return. This forces the unfulfilled individual to constantly chase highs at the risk of their mental and physical health. Unquote. Later in the article, McLeod says, Throughout philosophical history, those who spew the doctrine of nihilism had a past filled with turmoil and unbalance in the family and or social unit. Nietzsche, for instance, grew up without a father, was outcast by his peers, and never felt the love of the woman he desired. Unquote. 
I don't know about you guys, but I think while the older generations might have a more passive nihilism, these younger generations, such as Generation Z, uh, are much more active nihilists. I mean, they are taking pride for their disdain for the past and its institutions. And yet, as I already pointed out, it's the youngest, the ones most aggressively embracing nihilism are the ones that are the most miserable. So how do we resist nihilism and its destructive ways? Well, the most obvious answer is to find meaning and value in life. We need to search for higher callings above ourselves. And it has to be something above ourselves. You can't be the end-all, be-all. Why escape nihilism for narcissism? No, you have to find a cause greater than yourself. You have to find something, you know, find a cause to advance. And I'm not talking about BLM or Antifa or socialism or the Green New Deal Anything related to Marxism, as we just shared, he was an avid nihilist, which means his philosophical ideas are also going to be nihilist. I have no issues with wanting to protect the environment, but fundamentally I think we need to get away from causes that involve government as the savior, or else we're just starting a state religion like they had in ancient Rome. We need to find a cause that lifts up people, not yourself, not the government, people. Another way we can get out of this nihilist funk is to get off social media. Almost all the reading I did while researching for this podcast mentioned social media negatively. I swear it's going to be the downfall of society. Stop worrying about the likes, the followers. Stop worrying about going viral. If anything is meaningless, it is that. You know, post your pictures of your dog, the silly thing your kid did, or what you had for dinner. That's what social media was for. Stop the political grandstanding. No one cares but your five friends who already agree with you. Social media is sucking the life out of us and our youth. You know, it kind of reminds me when, you know, back when, you know, society was normal before the lockdown, you know, you would go to a zoo or you'd go to a concert or you'd go to some kind of, you know, uh, exciting event and everyone had their phone out videotaping what they were there to watch. So you're live trying to experience this event and everyone has their camera out videotaping it. And then you never go watch it again. So why are you doing that? I, you know, I like, like a sunset. Oh, this, instead of videotaping the sunset, grab your special someone and have a moment, put the phone away. And finally, another way we can combat nihilism is find religion. Find philosophy. Find a code of living. Uh, oh, you've done it now, Mr. Palumbo. Oh, you've really done it now. You're encouraging religion. You're pushing your make-believe beliefs on me. I'm not listening to this backwards podcast anymore, Mr. Palumbo. I'm going to have to go take my anxiety pills now. Look, all I'm saying is have a belief system. Having a belief system is clearly better than having nothing. And it's showing us. You can look at the numbers. Millions and millions of us and our kids are walking around in passive nihilism. There's no point to life. There certainly isn't a point to their existence. So look into faith. It's been around for thousands of years. It has caused the rise and fall of countless empires and civilizations. And it has outlived all the newest philosophies and fads. There must be something to it. I want to close with this, ladies and gentlemen, your life isn't pointless, but you have to believe that. 
In the end, existence is what we make of it, as I'm sure Marcus Aurelius would agree. But there are really only two choices in life, give up and roll over or keep going. And I think nihilism eventually ends in giving up because there's no point. That's the original premise. You know, I often think in these terms, I don't know about you, but I often think when there's an idea presented to me, what is the obvious conclusion if we follow this course of action? What is the premise, right? So I look at the beginning of it and I look at the end of it. The end of something almost always follows the underlying premise. Maybe that's just the economist in me. But if you embrace that nothing matters and that you don't matter, your life doesn't matter, there's a pretty clear de- depression, anxiety, and possible suicide crouching at the door. But if you do hold fast to this belief that you matter, your life has a purpose, and you can find meaning, well, that's a whole different path, a path of opportunities and a path of perseverance. But it, let, me, let me leave you with this. Both choices require faith. You can believe that there's no meaning for you. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The fact that meaning exists doesn't depend on your belief. And parents, you know, when your child comes with these existential questions that you weren't ready for, why did God make me? Is there a God? Something about greater existence. Something about whatever. You know, your your words are going to be so important. So watch what you say. Make sure your kids know that they are here for a reason. They have purpose in their lives. Because I tell you what, if you rest on your laurels with this, the world is out there telling them something else. The world is telling them there is no right, there is no wrong, there is no good, there is no bad, and ultimately, there is no purpose for life. Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, maybe this one wasn't so much, and restore. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating at Apple Podcast. If you'd like to email the show, email me at professorliberty1776 at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me, I have a Facebook. I've got Parlor. Please search me. You can message me there. Make sure you tell your friends, your neighbors, your communist cousin, your liberal professor, the virtue signaling lady across the street. Until next time, go throughout the land and proclaim liberty.